Hello everyone, my name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm the host of the ZeldaCast, and the Omega Metroid Podcast, and Virtual Theater. As you can tell, I really love podcasting. After almost six years of the ZeldaCast, five years of Virtual Theater, and four years of the Omega Metroid Podcast, I swore that I would never make another podcast, but here I am today, excited to announce not one, not two, but three extra bonus shows that you can get each month on my newly reimagined Patreon channel, available at patreon.com forward slash spnet. You'll have your choice of bonus shows, depending on which tiers you choose to sign up for. Each podcast has its own monthly bonus show. The ZeldaCast will have the ZeldaCast Top 10s, where we can have some fun and give out a classic ranking on different topics each month with a different guest. Omega Metroid will continue with the Great Metroid Area Ranking, where we are ranking every single area in the Metroid series. And Virtual Theater will debut the Spiteri's Review, a show where my wife and I will give some thoughts on movies or shows old and new. There's also an ultimate tier that will get you access to all of these bonus shows if you really want to take your Spiteri podcasting to the next level. If that isn't enough, all shows feature a level of interactivity where patrons can weigh in and vote on which topics, shows, and areas we discuss next. Membership starts at as little as $1 a month, so I'm hoping you'll check out all the great bonus content that's going to be coming your way on patreon.com forward slash spnet. Whatever your bonus show of choice, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope to be able to see you over at patreon.com forward slash spnet. Welcome to the Zelda Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison Aletha. What's up, Al? How you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? So you got your Tim Hortons. Thank I'm you really for that. Jealous. Yeah, I, I was uh, as Al asked that question. I was chugging my coffee and I was in no position to answer. So, so thank you for that. I'm doing. I'm doing good. It's a nice. Uh, it's a nice Sunday. I played a little bit of uh, our game yesterday for the first time in a week so oh my gosh yeah I, i'm behind i'm behind but you i will finish up, yeah i'm, I'm gonna I'm, no more side stuff just like straight to business from here on out <laughs> so i just finished the tomb part so we're i think we're almost nice. in the end game yeah okay cool yeah so um other than that yeah doing uh doing pretty good um i will i will say so last week as we were as we were on this show, we're just like, oh, there's no Nintendo Direct going on. What's happening? Oh, what are they doing? Where's yeah. the Switch to? And uh, in typical Nintendo fashion, I believe it was like an hour after we were done recording that they were just like, hey, we've got a Nintendo Partner Direct. Maybe it, maybe it was like the next day, but either way, in the, like in between the time that we recorded and the episode released, Nintendo announced a Nintendo Partner Direct. And the keyword there is partner direct, so this was not a regular old direct. Mm-hmm. That that tells me that that Switch 2 reveal is not far off. It really is Told not. Told me the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We've got a great show today. 
Uh, and actually, one that, one that I'm really excited about. And I think that uh, I think this is going to be a subversion of people's expectations. Oh yeah, show. definitely. I think mm-hmm. so. We are ranking bosses today, which is uh, something that we haven't done. And I feel like probably not since Tears of the Kingdom back in uh, back in May or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're ranking bosses, and we are going to rank the bosses from the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Yes. I'm excited about I'm- that. I am too. I so yeah. We haven't really done. We when we talk about bosses, it's usually when we're doing like a dungeon ranking or whatever. But we haven't like just talked about bosses in a long time, and so or for a lot of games. So I'm excited about this, and I instantly was like, we got to do Twilight Princess. And yeah. I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to assume things about us or you particularly, and you may surprise them. You know what assumption does? My father told me this. <laughs> <laughs> it makes asses out of the people who assume and yeah. you you only no one else so that's what oh, that's okay. gonna do um first <laughs> okay. of, first of all before we get there let's talk about this nintendo partner direct so yes the big takeaway for me is that this indeed was a partner direct which means yep. that the big nintendo games that i think everybody wants and, and if we're being honest like really looks forward to when you when you have a nintendo direct like sometimes there are some pretty cool third third-party games that you see, mm-hmm. but let, let's be honest, most of these directs are for Nintendo fans by Nintendo fans, right? So um, yeah. that tells me all those big Nintendo games are uh, are on the Switch too, and they are going to be rolled out here rather quickly because uh, I'm looking at this list of games that was announced in this partner direct, and it's not like there's a, it's not like there's bad games. There's, there's a few in here that I think could be kind of neat. However, mm-hmm. it's not there's there's nothing here that's just like wow this is like this is the big title for for the next couple of months a lot yep. of a lot of ports a lot of uh remasters some funky sequels um takeaways from this al anything that you're looking forward to in particular and um yeah i don't know anything that sticks out um excuse me um i thought the um crab game another crab's treasure looked cute i don't know if i'll play it but it also had like very well done voice acting from what i could tell so right. i thought that was really interesting i think the mo- the game i probably will play and the most looking forward to is a ranger which is the one where you move and the rest of the game moves with you and i think that would make for some like really interesting puzzles so i was pretty excited about that that was right. the, that was like the second game that they showed or something and then the rest i was kind of like eh. Sorry, and I'll never play any of these. Right. Um, so there's a few that look kind of neat to me, and um, and I actually I have to admit I I didn't actually even watch this this direct. I just looked at what they announced. I read what they announced. So so potentially some of these trailers might look cooler than some of what um, you know is actually like on the list here. But um, I'm I'm taking a look, and the one game that sticks out to me is the game that we saw back at I believe it was a Game Awards. Um, Tales of Kinzara uh or Kinzara Zao which I thought looked pretty cool. It was it was almost like a Metroidvania Black Panther kind of idea. Oh, um, right, right, right. So I thought that that looked pretty cool and I think I will actually I will play that. So that's one game that I'm going to get on here. Um I I like Contra, so I mean like always a, a fun little time when Contra shows up. And I have to say as someone that missed this game back when it launched, I am a little bit interested in Epic Mickey. I, I think that yeah. that looks kind of cool. I did see that, and I was like, oh, there's going to be a lot of people that are pretty excited about that, because I also miss those games, but I know that they were really, like, well-loved games. 
They were well received, yeah. I remember it, and and at the time, even kind of now, it was just like Mickey Mickey Mouse games had been like. There have been a lot of them over the years, but there hadn't been like a truly great Mickey Mouse game. I don't think in like a long time. And I remember like I remember there was a lot of fanfare, a lot of excitement for that game. It had kind of a cool story because there was like the old style Mickey that was in that game. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it reviewed like decently well back in the day. So if this was like ten bucks or something, like, if it went on sale for like ten bucks, I'd, I'd probably grab it. Um, no guarantees, but uh, those are the things that stuck out to me on this list. I, I'm taking a look at everything else, and it's just kind of like. I don't know. I want to say, like, they did that moment, like, they always do in a direct, where they're like, okay, here's our last announcement. Take a look at this. <laughs> and it was for Endless Ocean. And I am not, I personally am not a huge fan of Big Bodies of Water. So I was just like, why the hell would you want, like, <laughs> I, I get it, I guess, if you want to go explore the ocean. But I yeah. thought that looked terrifying. So I was just like, I was like, I don't know why you want to end your direct like that, but that's fine <laughs> um one one other thing two other things actually that stuck out to me on this direct is that one of the games from microsoft that uh that is coming to nintendo switch is a game called grounded and i i actually don't know anything about this game i have to be honest with you i was kind of kind of hoping that maybe hi-fi rush I would be the game it. that comes out but yeah. it doesn't look like it um yeah i don't know i i don't know if like what, what the reception was to this game i don't I don't is know. It, All that's I, the one where they get shrunk down and they're in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, honey, I shrunk the kids. I, exactly. I, I don't know. It, it. I think it's like a pretty well received game, like eighties something like that. Just take a quick look. So, so I don't know. I, I thought that that was like kind of cool, but um, not like the not like the Microsoft game I was really looking forward to. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, one sense. other thing stuck out to me, which was something that we did not get. And that is what I think people and fans of Nintendo have been absolutely begging for, for absolutely forever, happened, but only in Japan. So, Mother 3 went to the Japanese Game Boy Advance online uh, on NSO, and it is not coming out here, which stinks. Why? Um, I don't know, maybe... I mean, I've heard a couple of reasons. Like, first of all, they'd have to localize it. So so maybe that's the big reason right there. Um, you know, people say, people say all the time that they're, the content of Mother 3 is too risque for North America. And as someone that's played Mother 3, I don't know if I'm buying that. I really don't. I've also heard some people say that, like, there's some music in there that needs to be, like, licensed or something like that. And I guess mm-hmm. I'm just like, why don't you just change the music? Yeah. And, like, and is that I hard? Understand- I don't know. I don't understand the risque part because, like, there's plenty in America that it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. So, yeah, I don't know. Seems weird. Seems like a weird. It, thing it to is weird. Worry about. Like, I, I think I'll, I'll say this too. Like, some of the characters that specifically I've seen people point out as being like risque characters, I feel like that after Breath of the Wild just went completely out the window. When you have like a character, a great character, by the way, like Bolson or like Link kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, who cares? Nobody cares. Like, just give Nobody us Mother Give us Mother 3. Come on. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> it's a really fun game too, by the way. Okay. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, that being said, that was the Nintendo Partner Direct. Any final thoughts? No, it was... <sighs> I was, like, looking forward to to watching it, but then when I watched it, I was kind of like, 
ah, this was fine. And I appreciated that it wasn't like live so that I could speed it up and watch it really fast. And I watched it in like uh, 10 minutes and yeah. And then I moved on with my life. So it just kind of like, like you said, it kind of tells me that the switch is at the end of its life and we're ready for the next big thing. I, I, I'm telling you, man. So we've seen those, uh, those rumors, those reports that the switch Two was delayed to 2025 I don't care how many smart people tell me that this thing has been delayed. I'm not buying it. I think that this thing has to come out this year. I don't think I'm going to buy it either until it like happens. Yeah. Because I really don't see anything to be excited about for the Switch. No. And like I cannot fathom like what we're, what we're going to do for the rest of the year. Like I, I can't even picture what we're going to do for the rest of the year um, if, if the Switch 2 is not coming out this year. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It's the, unfortunately, it's going to be the rumor that never dies, that never stops until we actually get there and we get going on the Switch 2. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to hang tight and uh, watch it unfold in real time. The rumor was maybe in March, is that's when the reveal is going to be. Seems about as good a time as any to me. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Especially if, yeah, if, it, if it's going to come out this year, I would imagine it needs to be in March, April. Well, the the reveal, like the reveal, needs to be yeah, yesterday if it comes out mean, this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. All right, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Yes. I haven't talked about this game in a while. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um, now, listen, I want to tell everybody something. First of all, yes, this game is ugly still. Okay. <laughs> yes, the opening to this game is miserable still. Okay. Yes, Ilya is potentially the absolute worst character in the history of the Legend of Zelda business. That is still true. However, one thing that I am going to say on this show for everybody to hear loudly and clearly is I think, I actually think I might just say this definitively, that Twilight Princess has the best roster of bosses and mini bosses in any Zelda game Bar none. Even even better, I think, than Ocarina of Time. Like, every boss in Twilight Princess is awesome. And mm-hmm. even even in, like, a kind of stanky dungeon, you get, like, a sweet final boss. So, so anybody that's, like, thinking that this is going to be a fun time listening to me kind of dump on the bosses of Twilight Princess, that's not this show. I love these bosses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I think... Um... They're so fun and they're so inventive too with the way that you have to defeat them and they're really epic. So yeah, I'm excited to like, you know, rank them and see which one winds up being the best. Yes, I I have some ideas, of course, about like which ones are going to be there. But um, like, honestly speaking, like all of these bosses are, are really, really, really strong in their own right. Like I'm looking at all of them and I don't see a single stinker. And I know that some people think that there is some stinkers here. But even those ones, I think, are really fun. So I'm I'm really stoked about this. Let's do it. All right. So uh, we're going to do this definitive ranking style where um, where what that means is we will talk about two bosses and then we'll rank one above the other and then we'll get the third boss in there and then we'll uh, we'll slot that one either at one or two or three and then the fourth boss is coming in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way until we get to the end. Now, I wonder... Let's make a let's make a distinction here, Al, because originally we were going to also include mini bosses in this list. But mm-hmm. I don't 
there are so many mini bosses and actually so many awesome mini bosses i think that could just be its own show so i'm wondering originally our plan was to um to have the final sequence of bosses together i wonder maybe we just split that do you want to do that yeah let's split bosses and do mini bosses another day yeah exactly but even so like the final sequence i'm talking like ganondorf dark beast ganon puppet zelda maybe those ones split apart okay so we don't include those on our boss list well well we'll include them but like like as their own bosses like zelda will be your own boss and then like dark beast Ganon. oh will i be, see i see what yeah, you yeah, see. yeah gotcha 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 yes um, yeah I, I think that'll give this this list a little bit more juice as well. And then we do have uh, we do have someone that we can include that I I petition for, but maybe we'll save it for mini bosses if we're if we're gonna do that. But I don't okay. know. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Maybe we'll just Let's pull just... the fast one. <laughs> okay. Let's wing it. <laughs> That's what we do best. As anyone that watched our show on our stream last week knows, we can <laughs> wing it with the best of them. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's get started with the. With the boss of the forest temple, the diabolical Diababa. 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 So actually, um, it should be noted that uh, I actually think that this is a really great boss, like again, but this is maybe one of the greatest mini bosses in the series that that comes right before this. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it almost feels a little bit not not like disappointing, but like. The boss is overshadowed by the mini boss to a certain extent. Okay. I feel like. And I would say the same thing about the next boss too, actually. Um, All right. But Diababa, I I think that this is like a a really, really fun boss. Like it's this, it actually kind of reminds me of uh, a Flogra from Metroid Prime um, where you have like this kind of gross tentacle looking thing and you've got the like, like different little (laughs) like gizmos on his, on his hands or whatever and his big Uh ugly head. And um, I think the first part is like fine enough, and in the first sequence, I think is fun, where like you gotta you know get get the bombs there. But I think that this boss really levels up when you get to the halfway point and the second sequence, and that is when your buddy Ook, Ook the baboon, <laughs> he comes back, and uh, and and this baboon, first of all, still has an extremely red butt, which always makes me laugh. But like this baboon is is out for vengeance because this baboon had been um, hoodwinked. And mm-hmm. and taken almost captive and, and made to do bad things. And now that you finally freed Ook, uh, Ook is going to join you on the fight. And so Ook is on like that little zip line going back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And you got to get the bomb and you got to. It's an incredible use of your dungeon item, first of all. And it's just like a really cinematic approach to this boss. I love that like you have a character giving you an assist uh, on this boss. And it's just like really fun and like it's very satisfying again when when Diababa falls and then you can do like your your jump attack jump attack jump attack and <laughs> it, it, this is a great boss it's a it's a fantastic first boss to the game which is good because like this first boss it feels like it takes place like 10 hours into Twilight Princess <laughs> yeah <laughs> I couldn't help myself I'm sorry <laughs> um I mean I agree with basically everything that you just said uh this boss makes me think of I love that it made you think of something else from a different game it does for me too but it's from like this like flower plant thing in the first Jack and Daxter game I know it's not even remotely the same like uh creepy wise but like for some reason it takes me back there in my childhood but yeah this this plant monster parasite thing is like really creepy looking and i agree i find it really satisfying to use the fairy bow to like wing bombs at it and then Mm. it falls down and then you just wail on it and yeah the assist for mook is also really cool i've seen some people do some like cool um 
like speedrunning strats with this boss and yeah i think this is a this is a fun time it's definitely not like i don't think it's gonna be any anywhere near the top of our list but i think it's still like a really strong start to um a game that has really great bosses yeah i would agree i i would I would think you're probably right, um, but but I I really love this boss, and again, like I really love most of the bosses for for this game. So um, yeah, I, I would certainly. I mean, we only have one boss right now, but I would certainly obviously put it at number one, and I think that I would keep it at number one compared to our next boss, which is Fyrus, the uh, the boss of the Goron Mines, and. Um, Fyrus is a famous boss, actually, because you you might remember Fyrus as the uh, as the boss that you see in the very very first Twilight Princess trailer back in two thousand four. I love the I love his subtitle, by the way the the Twilight Igniter. That's just a cool subtitle. Oh yeah, they have a bunch of cool like titles like yeah. that. All of them do. Yeah, it's very it's very sweet. So this is very like reminiscent. I feel like of the cave troll battle in Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring. I, and I think it was designed oh, to yeah. be that way. I really do. I I I don't think I've ever like thought of it that way, but I I agree with you now that you say that, and that's a pretty cool thought to have. But this is what I really like about this game and the bosses in this game is like you have to have like cool inventive ways to figure out how to defeat this boss because virus mm. is going to be stomping around and you can't do anything about it. You can't really hurt him until you pull on one of his chains while you're wearing the iron boots yeah. and like knock him over, which I think is so cool. Like it's so it's interactive. It's not just like look for the pattern with the boss. And obviously these bosses have patterns too, but it's not just look the pattern whale on them. You know, it, yeah. it, there's something you have to do um, using your dungeon item to, to, you know, find their weakness. And I think that's really cool. I, I agree. Like, I, I like that. Uh, I like that this fight feels a little bit more like close quarters than some of the mm-hmm. other fights where it's just like, you have some sprawling, amazing encounters in twilight princess but this one is kind of like you're, you're in this very confined space and it kind of feels like Fyrus is like always right on top of you to a certain extent you've got to run and get that shot off to his eyeball very quickly and then um you know pull pull the chain which again just like really reminds me of fellowship of the ring when i think uh, the cave troll is gonna he's gonna go slash uh frodo and like aragon and boromir are, like yanking the the chain of the cave troll to hold him back so mm-hmm. i love that kind of idea I think that, like, Fyrus looks cool. Like, it's cool when he, like, ignites himself. Yeah. yeah. I will say, so So one thing that I think kind of works against this boss just a little bit for me is that, once again, I think that you have, like, this absolutely fantastic mini-boss, Dan Goro, that you fight in the Fire Temple. And I think that that fight is, like, a lot more interesting and a lot not better is better is the wrong word but like i enjoy that fight more it, it's just like it, it's chaotic and you're on like the the seesaw kind of thing and you got to have your magnifying or your magnifying your uh, magnetic boots on and and you've got to catch dan goro which kind of brings you back to the whole goat herding business mm-hmm. i really love that fight so i i think that by comparison unfortunately Fyrus seems a little bit like yeah by comparison. So I, okay. I actually, I, I'm prepared to say that I think that Fyrus might be might be my bottom ranked boss in Twilight Princess. Okay. Wow. Like all the way at the bottom? I think so. There there might there might be one other contender. I'm sure everybody probably knows what that is. But I, 
I think so. Yeah. And, but okay. but it's not because I don't like that fight. It's just because the quality of all the other fights are are really really strong. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. I feel very like I don't feel very strongly about this fight, so I'm okay with you wanting to place it on the bottom for now. Um, I like I said, I'm not I'm not I don't feel very strongly. So I I just think it's a really cool fight. But there, there's so many like mm-hmm. much better bosses later on. So yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and like no. No shade to Fyrus, it's still a fun fight. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, like, I think if there was just, like, a regular, like, mini-boss, like, for example, maybe there's, like, a Darknut mini-boss instead of, like, Dan Goro, I think mm-hmm. maybe Fyrus would place a little bit higher. Maybe not, I, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so so for me, I, I would petition to put him on the bottom for now and obviously have uh, Diababa on top. Okay. Um, okay, so let's move on to... Um, Morpheal, which I again think is an incredible boss. I I really like this boss, and like it's it's tough to pull off yeah. a good water boss, you know? Yeah. Like I I think of like Gyogre and Majora's Mask, and like that's that's, that's kind of like one. iffy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some other great like solely underwater bosses uh, in the series? I'm I'm having a hard time thinking of one to be totally honest off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, like strictly underwater. I am too having a hard tough. time. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're tough. I, and I think that being said, Morpheal might be one of the best if, if not the best. Um, and, mm-hmm. and first of all, like I really love the, the presentation of Morpheal. It just looks like this like creepy, nasty underwater creature that you would find in like the depths where like you do not want to be um, just like, just a cool, cool tentacles coming everywhere. So, and again, like, I, I think that the first portion of this fight is, is really fun. Like it's, it's almost like the, the Morpha fight kind of like on steroids, which, which obviously is the idea, the idea here. Right. But like, right. I, I love that year. I've always really enjoyed the Morpha fight. I know a lot of people haven't. Um, and I'm not including that cause I don't think that's an underwater fight, but like the idea of like, you got to the hook shut out the eyeball and like bash it or whatever. This one takes that to the next extreme where, like, there's, like, way more tentacles. They're going everywhere, and the eye is moving, I feel like, faster. Plus, your your motion is limited because you're underwater. So, mm-hmm. I think that the first part of the fight is, like, quite engaging, actually. And uh, there's something about, like, just getting bodied by that big tentacle, and he throws you across the stage. <laughs> and the stage is ginormous, by the way. That's very satisfying to me. Yeah. Okay, I... I appreciate everything that you said, and I do think that Morpheal looks really cool. I do appreciate, like, the cinematic of the fight. I just find it very difficult and very, um, I don't like being underwater. Um, <laughs> and yeah, okay. so I just, I, I struggle with it. I struggle with the movement. I struggle with, um, I think my favorite parts of the fight are when you hookshot the eye and you're zooming through the water and then you like grab hold of it yeah. and then you start like wailing on him. I think that's my favorite part. But even that I found very difficult trying to get like reach the eyeball oh. and, and like it's I get frustrated because I'm like, stop moving. Obviously, I'm trying to kill you. But <laughs> yeah, it, and, and it can be frustrating for sure. Like, but, but I, I, I kind of like the urgency of that part. And like that to me, that is when it really feels like you are fighting like this big, nasty sea creature. Like when Morpheal comes out, it, that, that's a great moment, too, because he like, comes out of his little cocoon or whatever the hell it is. And you're just like, oh, my God, I got to like fight that in the water. Uh-huh. Oh, 
Um, yeah. So, so I, I quite like it when you're like floating around, and like desperately trying to hook shot him and catch. And it's very satisfying too when you, when you finally do it's latch on, satisfying. and it's just like <laughs> stab him right in the eyeball. Um, yeah, a lot. Very and similar to Agnarok that way, actually. Or, uh, yeah. Or Orgrok, Argrok, whatever the hell the dragon's name is. Argrok, yes. Argrok. Argrok. Um, is that it? That's it. Argrok. Okay. Argrok. Anyways, I, I just, I don't know. I find this part very frustrating. I don't really look forward to the fight. I do find that bit that we talked about satisfying, but it's just not. It's not my favorite of the bunch. It's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I'm gonna do it as fast as I can to finish it. Okay. So. I personally would put this at the bottom of my list. What about in the middle? I I I can in good conscience put this below Fires, I don't think. Okay. I feel like I'm okay with that compromise for now. Okay. I'll I'll owe you one. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to owe you one, but I will owe you one cuz I, I just I really like, like this I, fight. I feel like we would agree for the most part on all the bosses, so I don't know if you're really going to owe me, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Um and, and you're probably right because we're gonna go to another boss next, uh, the the Twilight Fossil. What a what a name that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that you, if you asked uh, a, a contingent of Zelda fans what the best boss in the entire series is, you would see a decent number of these fans say that the best boss in the series is Stalord. Yeah. I don't know that I would necessarily disagree with that assessment. I don't know if I would, like, I it maybe wouldn't be my personal best boss, but if someone told me that this was the best boss in the series, I could be like, yeah, okay, there's a lot of points that, that could definitely make up that to be the case. Um, chief among them, this boss is just really fun. It, it's so yeah. fun. Um, and, and that, it sounds simple, but like, that's really it. Like you're on the spinner is, is a fantastic item for the Arbiter grounds. It, like, yes, you don't really have a whole lot of use for it once you get outside, but I think that's okay. You have this really great item. That's really great in the dungeon that you get it in. And it leads to one of the best boss fights of all time. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. And like the first, like even the first stage, which I think is like not as fun as the second is, is a blast. Cause like, it's like, you're playing like, it's like you're a pinball and, and you're in a machine just like, yeah. bounced around everywhere. Like the little mini Stalfos and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's so, man, it's fun. Just like bouncing. And, and when you finally hit Salord on the spine and, and you hear that crunch, very, <laughs> very satisfying. But, yeah. but obviously stage two is where this fight levels up. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, 100% agree. I think this is one of my more favorite, um, boss fights in Twilight Princess. Um, I do like the first section because there's so much you have to pay attention to. There's the other spikes that are on the ring that you're you're using your spinner mm -hmm. on. There's all the, like, Stolfos guys popping up out of the ground that you have to, like, you know, gauge them and try to use them to your advantage to bounce you in the right direction to get to Stalord. And then, um, like you said, phase two is just, like, obviously incredible you got the big spire in the middle now and you have to jump back and forth and he's shooting fireballs at this giant floating skeleton dinosaur head guy and you just gotta oh. like bounce back and forth until you hit him and it's great and then you wail on him on the ground and that's even more oh, great. that's awesome yeah, yeah. Th there's there's something about being on the spinner and like you're going up and up and first of all the sound that the spinner makes as it's like it really adds to to the the drama mm -hmm. of the fight because it's and like the this. Music in this is oh, so the music good. is awesome. Yeah, we haven't even yeah. really talked about the music, but the music for this fight is incredible. Yeah. Um, just that, like, and you almost don't notice like how high that you're going because you're the camera's consistent on like the on your backside basically. So 
and there there are multiple times when I like get bonked by one of the um, the spikes or whatever, and I fall. I'm like, oh my god, I, I was a lot higher than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is cool too. But like, just like jumping in between, like you're in the air and flying back to the other rail, flying back, narrowly avoiding fireballs, narrowly avoiding spikes. And when you finally, when Stuller just finally slows down just a second, and he's and you're just like, I've got you in my sights. It's like when you're watching a movie and like the you know, the fighter plane finally locks on to like the target. You're just like, ha ha, boom, and you jump across <laughs> and just pelt him right in the teeth with the spinner, and then he yep. falls. And and yeah, there there's something very satisfying about the Twilight Princess jump attacks. Like yes, and I've seen um I've seen our friend Catherine. She took down Stallard once. Um, I gave her some advice on how to do this, of course, but she, she took down Stallord and she did like a jump attack that like immediately turned into a spin and a second spin yeah. and a jump and then like he was dead in one shot. And I was like, yep. huh? Oh, what? <laughs> the jump spin attacks are pretty cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, this it's is, so uh, I, I think this is the best boss fight in the game. I think it's one of the best boss fights in the series. So I'm going to put this at number one. I imagine you're, you're probably the same. I am the same. I uh, I don't know if there's going to be another boss that goes above it, but I I have one in mind, but maybe it's more of a second place. So I guess we'll see. I have I have a boss that I think could be second place and maybe challenge a little bit for first place, but Yeah. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll get see. there. I think we are I think we're just thinking of the same one, so. Maybe. But I don't know if we are actually. I don't know if we are. What? Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Um Let's okay. So um so taking a look at our list right now. We have, uh, in last place, unfortunately, we have our boy, Phyrus, who is, uh, I, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's destined for anything other than last, uh, maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Um, after that, we have um, Morpheal, who, I think that's about where, where Morpheal should be on this list in, in number three so far. Um, Dia Baba, the old, old Dia, who's, uh, who's kicking it at number two right now. Uh, uh-huh. But at number one, probably by a considerable distance, is Stallard at this point. Yes, yeah, I, I would say. I would say as well. Um, okay, let's let's move on and let's talk about the. This is a lame. This is a lame name for a boss. The, oh yeah. The the Twilight Ice Mask. Is this supposed to be Twilight? By the way, I'm just gonna Twilight. say. I'm just gonna say Twilight. That Twilight sounds dumb. Um, the Twilight Ice Mask. I don't know what kind of name that is. Ice. Who wants to be called Ice Mass? But of course, I'm talking about Blizzetta. This is another great boss. This is such a fun boss. I love this boss. I love this boss too. Um, yeah. And for for a lot of reasons, like like going back to uh, to Diababa, I, one of the reasons that I like that boss so much is because it's like it's like a character that, like helps you out like with Ook, right? Like he, I feel like that kind of adds to the drama of this fight. Whereas, um, you know, you've kind of seen. You've kind of seen like Blizzetta, uh, like the, the what's her name, the Yetta or whatever. Yetta, You've seen her yeah. a couple times throughout the game, and something's something's not quite right there for sure. And um, and when you see this transformation into this big monster, it's, it kind of makes a boss fight for me feel a little bit more personal. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Um, it's definitely interesting because yeah, Yetta's not feeling well. Yetta's making her soup. And you're helping them find the soup, and she's totally re- leading you in weird directions. Turns out yeah. she has, like, pieces of the Twilight Mirror or whatever. and Or, yeah, like a shard of the Twilight Mirror. And it makes her go a little kooky. And I, like, very vividly remember seeing that moment. Shad and I were playing together. That moment for the first time where her head, like, freaking does a whole 180. Oh. And she's got that creepy face and that scream. God, like, that is, like... 
that's like let's go to the Lord of the Rings again. That's like Bilbo going crazy for the ring, you know, level scary moment that will always haunt my dreams. But like it's so, and then you're like, oh my god, I have to fight Yetta, who is something somebody that you've come to care about a little bit over the course of this dungeon. And it's like it's such a cool fight because once again you're using the dungeon item, you're using like inventiveness to like ping pong this ice giant ice block around until you know you smash yeah. it down enough to wail on her but it's just another fun time and yeah it makes it a little bit different when it's somebody that you know that you're fighting i would agree i i actually think that this is one of the rare times in twilight princess where i i actually prefer the first stage to the second stage not by much but like mm-hmm. i think that the first stage is just like super super fun because yeah it's just like again it's like this wild ping pong ball going back and forth and you have the ball and chain which is a great zelda item an underrated zelda item and there's something just like satisfying about the way because like it's a slow item right like you have to line it up and then yeah. very slowly you throw your ball and chain so when it connects to this big object that's moving pretty fast and yep. and on a slippery floor by the way mm-hmm. there's something very satisfying about that but also like kind of scary because once you hit blizzetta then she's coming back right right again faster right. at you. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really love that first phase. The second phase is pretty fun, though, too, because you could get trapped inside that little icicle circle or I whatever. I love that you, like, can look at the floor and you see, like, the reflection of, yeah. um, like, her up there. And it's the same in Wind Waker with um, one of the puppet Ganons. He's, he turns into a spider and you look down at the water and you see where he's going to fall. And mm. I think that's so cool to use your environment to help you in a boss fight. Yeah, I, I think that it's just like a... Like, the setting, I feel like, is is really... Like, that's one thing that I think that Twilight Princess does consistently well. The setting for this fight oh, is yeah. awesome. The setting mm-hmm. for Stalord is awesome. The setting for Morpheal was awesome. Um, the first two bosses, I feel like, are are still, like, pretty pretty good. But, like, you've, you, you have these, like, incredible set pieces for where these battles actually take place. Which I feel like just really, really adds to the atmosphere here. But, yeah, like, the, the second... The second phase, I feel like, is, is quite fun as well. There's, there's, I feel like, a little bit more urgency. Like, it's less, like, fun. Like, it's really fun just to bash Blazetta when she's bouncing around. But it, mm. So it's less fun, but it, there's more urgency. You're like, ah, I gotta get out of here before I get smooshed by, you know, Blazetta from from up above. Which, um, which I feel like adds to the fight as well. And one thing that I really love about this fight is that once you're done... Um, when when Yeto comes in and he's he's talking to Yetta and they're yeah. hugging and embracing, it's such a sweet moment. And then you have like mm-hmm. all the little hearts come up, and then your piece of heart is one of the hearts from from them. It's it's super yeah. sweet. It's very cute. I love how Yeto just like shoves Link out of the way. Yeah, he's like Yetta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very wholesome. It's very wholesome. Um, and, and and a very a very quality boss fight. So I'm taking a look at our list here. I would suggest that Blazetta should probably go beneath Stallord. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Yeah, so so number two on the list right now, two of five. Yeah. All right. Um, well, then, that being said, let's keep moving. This is a very divisive boss coming up next. So let's yeah. talk about Armagoma from the Temple of Time. Um, I think that a lot of, well i don't think i know that a lot of people don't love this boss because it's really easy mm-hmm. and it, it is easy i'm not gonna pretend that it's not the setting also is just kind of like it's okay like there's nothing inherently special about it but 
I don't know. I, I, I guess I kind of have a soft spot for this boss because I have a soft spot for the Temple of Time. And I just love, like, the Dominion Rod and, and everything like that. And there's there's something satisfying about just making the, the big statues just crunch the, the Armagomo with the big hammers. Yeah, I agree. I... I would say that it's definitely not the most exciting fight, but there's still something that I really like about it. And I also really like Temple of Time in Twilight Princess. It's one of my more favorite ones. And um, along with uh, the Snow Peak Ruins, I love that temple as well. But, like, it's just there's something cool about it where you get to, like, freaking smash a giant-ass spider. Like, I think yeah. that's so cool. So, um yeah, but I, I can understand why people don't like it. I also think that moment where the eyeball falls out and there's a bunch of little spiders and Link makes yeah. that face is, like, really kind of takes away from, like, the epic scenery of it because it does feel epic. You're fighting this giant spider and squishing it with giant statues, but then you just shoot the eyeball and then it's done. So I I want to say that I, I understand where people come from, and I wouldn't say that it's up there on my list, but I do think it's still a fun time. I would I would agree with that, uh, and I guess I would say to you, like I I think that the like I think that the post let's just call it the post boss fight where like that one eyeball because like, you can't lose at that point like yeah when the, when the eyeballs like running around that is definitely goofy yeah but I will say that I think that this is like a much better example of that style of comedy I guess than like uh, Jalhalla for example from Wind Waker. That one I felt like really took away. And I I know you you disagree, but like for me, I was just like, oh, like this is kind of a neat boss. And I feel like now it kind of was just like a, a goof or like for me, yeah. Armagoma was always just kind of a goof because it was such like an easy boss and like whatever. Mm -hmm. So um that that being said, like yeah, there's not there's there's really nothing to this boss. It's it's incredibly, incredibly easy. Mm -hmm. I know that most people would rank it dead last. And and if you wanted to rank it dead last, I I actually wouldn't push against that necessarily, because um, I understand why. I would probably put this above Firus, but I, I'll I'll let you have the final decision. I think he I think it should either be last or second last. I think I would be okay putting it below Firus because there's still like okay, and it kind of sucks to say that because it's still a fun boss fight, but like. For the reason that it's not in the best setting, it's really easy. It does there's is a goofiness to it. Yeah, I think that does kind of put it in the bottom because I do like, I do like knocking over Firus and wailing on him a little bit more. So, yeah, you know what this, you know what this fight is. This is like when you're watching wrestling and you've had a bunch of long matches on the card, really competitive matches, and you just kind of need a palate cleanser. And you're just like, I just want to watch one guy just kill some jobber in like two minutes. <laughs> Okay. That's that's what this match is, and those kind of okay. matches can be great, but no one's ever going to say that they're like the best wrestling matches of all time, you know. Mm -hmm. So there yep, we go. I get you, Armagoma. I'm I'm sorry, you're you're coming in last. Um, I would have, well, I, I would have maybe fought a little bit more, but I I can't argue with with any of that logic. Yeah. Let's go over to Argarok, Argarok. the boss of City in the Sky, a great boss for a miserable dungeon. Yeah. I 100% agree. <laughs> I yeah, this this is a great boss. It's uh it's an epic. It's probably the most epic like feeling boss of uh of, of maybe the game in a lot of ways cuz you're fighting this ginormous dragon, you're slinging through the sky like Spider-Man. Lots of really cool stuff going on here, Al. I so this is the one where I would almost fight it for first, but I don't think it quite takes the cake. So I would put this in second because it's so cinematic it's so epic you have to like 
zips up your way up to the uh you know top of these spires and then you have to get to these pea hats and you're just zooming around in a circle while this giant dragon bird is like flaming at you and it's raining and it's windy and it's just you're at you're way up in the sky and it's just so epic and i think it's a, a lot of fun i feel very like satisfied when you are able to hook shot to its back mm. and you knock it down all the way to the ground and then you can wail on it on the ground i believe if i'm remembering this boss right yeah and yeah it's just it's really fun and i feel like it's almost as fun as dollar like it's just it, it could be tomorrow and i would change my mind and say this is more fun than dollar but i don't think that is how i feel today so right i would put this in second place so th this is the boss that I thought you were talking about earlier when you said that mm -hmm. there might be a boss that was contending for second spot. This actually is not that boss for me. I, I, okay. I really like this boss. I'd probably agree with you on our list right now. I'd put it in second. But I, I would personally say that I think Stalord is like a lot, like a, a significantly higher level for, for me than this fight is. And mm -hmm. the only reason that I say that, um, because like, the the fight itself is is super super epic the setting is is epic the music is awesome the the dragon itself looks cool um and when you're swinging around in the sky that does look cool but the only thing that kind of holds it back a little bit for me is that um if you if you fall to to the ground it, it does take a minute to get back up like because you have to mm -hmm. hook shot your your claw shot your way back up um so that that can like feel like it takes a little bit of time and i do think that it does take like a significant amount of time to like get in the proper position where like it just kind of feels like you're claw shotting and claw shotting and claw shotting and claw shotting to like one spot which can be fun like if um if argrok is like actively like chasing you and like he's like that's really intense and really fun mm -hmm. and like really like stressful in the best possible way but if if he's kind of like looking sideways and you're and you're just trying to claw shot behind him, but like every time that you do, he's still he's not quite in line with you. He's not like chasing you, but he's also not looking right at you. I, I have and listen, it's probably just because I'm not very good at this game, but like there's been a lot of times where I've been claw shotting. I'm just like, oh my god, I've been claw shotting for like five minutes. Like I just want to get behind this bloke and get him down. Yeah. Um. So so I will say that that for me does sometimes um not like not like take away because i think it's still like super super fun but I, I i just think that there are some some like lull moments in this boss fight where i think for me like stall lord is one that it's just like there is like constant action constant fun mm -hmm. so so for me i i actually think that this one um wouldn't i'd have another boss fight i'd put above this as well on my okay. list but that being That's said fair. like i i do think that this is a, a really fun boss fight for all the reasons that you said i agree um, there's something, there is something satisfying when you are in the right spot and you can finally bring this dragon down. That is just like, so I'm trying to satisfying. Like, yeah. I'm trying to remember you hook its tail and then you wear the, the iron boots or do you get on its back? I can't remember. You, you hook its tail and wear the iron boots. Um, okay, so you're, okay, okay. you're basically hanging from this little sack thing and then you gotta, you gotta put your boots on. And I forget uh -huh. this too, actually, cause I only usually play this game once a year. So I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah, that's what I need to do. So usually um, Argrok just like flails me off at first and I have to do the whole thing one more time. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's factoring in a little bit, but yeah, yeah it's, it's really fun. And then yes. the, another good thing too is like, you don't have to do anything either. Like once he hits the ground, that's just kind of, that's kind of That's it. it. You don't get to wail on him? Oh, dang. 
I, there's maybe, a lot of maybe like, you do in the second or in like the there's latter. There's a lot of portions. bosses in this in this game where you knock them over and then you get to go wail on them, and I think that's so much fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, here, here's what you do. I, uh, let me correct myself. So for the first couple times, he's wearing like this armor. So then you then you go oh, down and then right. you break the armor, and then um, then you can do almost like Morpheal where you get behind him and then you hookshot his back and it's like stab 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 and then you then you oh, guys fall. Okay, that's what I'm. Re- I was remembering both, and I was like, wait, are both of those right or what? So they are both right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. And it's really fun. So, like, it's, it's yeah, really, it fun. it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I would put this, obviously, at number two uh, above Blizzetta, but behind Stalord. But yeah. I have, uh, it's probably no secret, the other boss I'm going to campaign for for number two, but we'll, we'll get there. Okay. This is a wild card kind of boss coming up, I feel like. Uh-huh. And we are, of course, talking about the Usurper King Zant who is kind of a frantic boss. That's probably the best word for it. Is is like very, very frantic. Lots of... Um, first of all, I should point out that I love the music for this boss battle. It's so like... Th- there's so much dissonance in what's happening. And, and just like... It feels very in line with the style of fight. Where like the... It's it's frantic and like clanky and making all these weird noises. And, and it just kind of feels like it's about to fall apart. And that's kind of how I feel Zant is. He's just like... Mm-hmm he's there's something there's something about Xanth that that's not quite right um and, and it's it's a really interesting boss because it's not really like anything else in the game or honestly the the only other boss i can think of that's kind of like Xanth is like nightmare from link's awakening where it's like multiple different stages multiple different phases um so this is almost like a cheat code because Xanth takes you through and you go back to a bunch of like really really exceptional boss boss encounters that you've already had including ook yeah. Including Dangoro, including Diababa. Um, I think you've got Morpheal in there, um, Blizzetta. There's lots of like really fun stuff that you do fighting Zant. The actual like fight with Zant itself, I feel like like when you actually get to like one on one with him, I feel like that's just a, like okay, it's okay. Yeah. So here's my thing. I think this is very hard to rank in our list because it it is like yeah a culmination of bosses you've already fought. So I was personally thinking of just the fight where you're in the shadow uh, uh, place before you do all those boss fights. And then at the end when you're in the big, like, uh, golden triangle thing. Um, so that's kind of where I'm thinking of Xanth as a fight versus, like, all the other... Where it's just clearly you're doing a boss fight again. Mm. And for me, I feel like those boss fights are just... They're fine. Like, they're not... Just with Xanth. They're not as inventive or cool as the other boss fights. And maybe that's why they made him do a bunch of the boss fight simulations. Because then you get to do all those things again and it's really cool. So mm-hmm. for me personally, like I think Xant is a lot of fun. And even when he's crazy hectic and spinning around and crazy at the end. And you have to like... It's just such a hectic time. It's still fun, but it's not as fun as all the other boss fights. So... Uh, I honestly have no idea where I'd place this. I li- it's so hard to do. So I would say, like, like you're not wrong. Like, and this is the toughest boss fight to rank because it's like, it's almost like, what is the Zant boss fight? Is it the mm-hmm. collection of all the mini bosses or like the other bosses? Partially, yes, I, I think so. And like, um, but I think that there's like enough of a Zant flavor in those bosses to like make it kind of cool. Like like when you're on the Blizzetta stage, for example, like Zant is just like super super tiny. Like I feel like that's kind of charming a little bit, and it is charming seeing like Zant take the place of Ook 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. instead. Um, so I do factor those into my ranking, but I think that the final fight with Zant, like in Castletown, like the final stage, is, is just kind of like, okay. It's, um, yeah. he always actually reminds me of, you remember in Aladdin, when like the genie or when Jafar turned um, Abu into that monkey with like the drums that just walks around banging them together. Yeah. That's what Zant yeah. reminds me of all the time. So like <laughs> I, like it's it's manic, it's frantic, but that fight I feel like is just kind of like okay. And and I do I am gonna dock it points for not having like an original hook like the rest of yeah. the bosses. But like I'm looking at at our list here and I'm like okay well like I think that the Zant fight is certainly more enjoyable than Armagoma. Certainly more yes. enjoyable than Fyrus. Okay. Maybe more feel, maybe not. I think that's kind of where I'm looking at. I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. I was going to put it above Diababa. Okay. So like so like below Bizetta, uh, Blizetta and then uh, above Diababa? Yes. Mm, I don't I don't know if I could put it above Diababa. I would have, I'd have a tough time. Listen, I owe you one, so your decision. I, I don't know if I would agree with putting Zant above Diababa, though. Just on, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would do that. But if, if you want to do that, it's we can so do that. It's so hard because I like, I don't want to incorporate all the other boss fights, but the fact that it has all the other boss fights makes it more fun than Diababa for me. Does that make sense? It, it does, uh, and I think that that's fair. I'll tell you, what, we we could put Zant above Diababa. I, I, I don't feel like that strongly. But, okay. um, yeah, like I said, it's almost like a cheat code because, like... It is. It's really hard. It, it, this is the toughest one to rank, I think, by far. Um, yeah. Because, like, how do, you, how do you rank it? It's it's really tough. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's keep going on here and let's go... We're in the final stretches of the game right now. So, so originally, we were going to bundle the final four bosses together and and i think what we're just going to do instead is just we'll separate puppet zelda we'll separate dark beast ganon and then the final two confrontations with ganondorf will be its One. own thing yeah exactly okay um okay let's start off with puppet zelda i actually don't think much of this fight as a whole but like the atmosphere and the fact that you are fighting a controlled zelda makes it awesome yeah, I agree. Awesome. And the music's cool. Um, her attacks are incredible. She um, looks just scary as hell, too. I almost actually slipped there and dropped an F-bomb. But she looks <laughs> she looks diabolical. Like, she looks so scary. Yep. And her skin is all, like, Ooh. jacked with the twilight. And, like, yeah, it's pretty It's pretty interesting fight. I love the, the Dead Man's Volley of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yep. always a fun time. Classic. Um, so yeah, I think this is like an interesting fight. It's just, it's also just like a lot of run around and evade while you can. And then you hit her with, um, the dead man's volley and then you can go whale on her. And it does make it upsetting because you're fighting Zelda, but also Mm. I don't feel as close of a connection to Zelda in this game as I do other games because you don't really see her that much. You have more of a connection. Like if you were fighting Midna, I think it'd be a different story. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good time. This is probably a, a pretty like high middle for me. I I would either put it below Diababa or put it below Zant personally. Okay. Um, um I'd be okay two. with below Diababa, maybe. Okay, let's let's do that then. Um so so Puppet Zelda below Diababa. Like I, I think that as an actual like boss fight itself, this is probably closer to like Armagoma. Like there's nothing really like going on in this boss fight that's very challenging or very hard 
But like just the atmosphere and the vibe and everything like that, I think really, really adds to the fight itself to 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 make it a lot more than it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and there's something too that that I've done this a bunch of times in the past where like Zelda has that one attack where like she she has a Triforce that comes on the floor and like it yeah. it burns you if you're in it. And I there's been multiple times where like I've been fighting Zelda and like I'm doing the volley or whatever and I'm j- I'm trying to get her but I can see that it's starting. I'm like okay one more hit and then I just roll out of the way just in time before it flames. Like that's a cool feeling too. So <laughs> I I do like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay. Zelda is going to be uh, middle of the pack here. Maybe we should recap the list here, by the way, since we haven't yeah, done do it, it in a long time. So at number one, we have Stalord. At number two, we have Argrok. Number three, we have Blazetta. Number four, we have Zant. Number five, Diababa. Number six, Puppet Zelda. Number seven, Morpheal. Number eight, Fyrus. And stumbling into last place, our boy Armagoma. Um, we only have two left, so let's do it. I think we can save our other contender for uh, for the mini boss episode. Okay. Okay. Let's go over to Dark Beast Ganon. What do you think of this fight? I think this is a lot of fun, but I also think it's very repetitive and there's not a lot to it. It takes me back to the Phantom Ganon in Ocarina of Time, where he's coming out of the portals. Um, and you have to kind of determine which portal he's coming out of. Yes. And then you turn into Wolf Link and you use Minna's like giant hand hair to roll the beast over. And then you go whale on the scar on his stomach. And I think that that is super cinematic, super cool, super epic. The music is so good in this part. It's like, I don't know, like. It's awesome. Primal and crazy sounding. So, like, there's a lot going into it, but it is very repetitive. So, it's, like, I would still put it high. It's just not, I feel like it's it's just there. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it is. <laughs> so, so I I quite like this boss fight for a few different reasons. Um, one, because you are correct. It, it's very, um, it's very reminiscent of the, the Phantom Ganon boss fight from Ocarina of Time. And I think that's intentional, and I really like that. Two, because... I just feel like it's so, like, we haven't seen, like, Beast Ganon in, in quite some time. Like, it had been, you know, not since Ocarina of Time that we've seen Beast Ganon. And and honestly, those are really the only, actually, no, I take that back. You see it in Breath of the Wild, but, like, you don't see Beast Ganon a whole lot anymore. Like, it's usually mm-hmm. Ganondorf or something else. So I really like seeing this interpretation of, like, the classic, like, I mean, he's not blue, but he's, like, you know, the, the classic bad guy Ganon. So I love that. Mm-hmm. And I do love that this game is like giving you a boss fight that you're fighting as Wolf Link. Cause I, I think that that was like, like lacking in, in this game, like yeah. using your wolf abilities to, you know, as, as much as you should considering that's like one of the primary mechanics of this game. So I, I thought that it was like really kind of cool to, to give Wolf Link and Midna for that matter, like a, a little bit of shine in this final stretch here. And, and I think that like, so actually I think that like Twilight Princess, maybe has like the best final boss sequence in the entire series. When you go from like Zelda to dark beast Ganon to Ganondorf, like everything just kind of fits. And every part of that fight has its really like unique own identity. And, and I think that that's definitely true of, of dark beast Ganon. You're right. Like the fight itself is kind of like, it's not too tough. It's not too challenging. You can Mm -hmm. just, you can knock over Ganondorf and bite his belly or whatever. Um, But again, like I feel like the setting for this fight really kind of levels it up the music levels it up the fact all those other things that i mentioned to me levels it up i would i would rank this like in the upper echelon of the fights actually i Um, would too yeah 
I would definitely put it above Zant. Okay. And probably above Bolazetta. Okay, I was going to put it above Zant, but uh, you know, I, I could be convinced to put it above Blizzetta, actually. I think the I'd setting really, like, the setting and the music really amplifies it yeah. that, to that level. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's fine. Um, I'm totally down with that. So, so yeah, Dark Beast Ganon, he's, he's a number three. Um, and there's only one boss left. And hey. I, I contend that this is my pick for a boss that I think could, on some days, be number one. But okay. today I will rank it number two. But I I love this Ganondorf fight. This might be the best Ganondorf fight in the series. Even better than Ocarina of Time, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something... And, and I guess it's it's like kind of cheating because we're, we're combining two phases into one. But like, first of all, again, going back to like... Let's talk about the first half where you're fighting Ganon on horseback. One, again, I love that like... And, you know, one of the other big... Um, gimmicks of twilight princess or like innovations or whatever was that you could you could have combat on horseback you know that was shown off in the very first trailer back in 2004 so i feel like that was again something that wasn't necessarily explored like a whole lot in the game like yeah you had the wagon sequence or whatever but like so i love that they weave that into an epic boss fight with ganondorf it's just like a cool boss fight too you're in hyrule field and like there's twilight everywhere you're shooting arrows at him i like that zelda's involved in the action um Mm -hmm. it, it just like in the attacks themselves, I feel like are are difficult as well because Ganondorf always has those like little light shadow rider things that are coming at you, almost mm-hmm. like little ring wraiths or whatever. Um, yeah, and it's and it's kind of tough. Like I think that this is like a decently tough portion. Of it this is boss a very fight. tough part of the because like I blame Zelda, but it's not really yeah, her me fault. Too. Um, <laughs> no, it's her fault. <laughs> but she can't aim and you know it's it's really tough because you have to aim your horse just the right way and of course mm. he sends his riders after you so you have to veer off course and he's way up there but you also have to like ride up to him enough where you like can swing your sword and hit him while he's on horseback mm-hmm. and he doesn't make that easy either so yeah this is like a very epic portion it's i wouldn't say it's my favorite but i i appreciate the challenge of it yeah um, if, if it was just the horseback version, this, this would not be as high, but like, man, when you fight Dark Lord Ganondorf, whoo, that, like, that feels like a fight. That is, that is a big fight feel. And like, and it's so simple. You're just on Hyrule Field. You got the fire around you. It's all it needs to be. The music goes so unbelievably the music hard. Is so amazing. Golly. I love that Ganondorf fight song so much. <laughs> it's so awesome. Like it just it sounds so primal and like just like it sounds like it's on top of you. And and the the arena itself is like small. So like you really mm-hmm. you really feel like you're just in this battle with this with this guy that you can't escape from and you've just gotta like overcome him and like the sword play, like the even just like the screenshot like ganondorf has his sword out link has his sword out like it just it looks awesome and i'm mm-hmm. talking about twilight princess i just said that looks awesome right so like that should yeah. tell you a lot um I, I god this fight is so awesome it's so it's like it's like everything a great ganondorf fight should be there's there's cinematics involved and like you're like boom you're pressing your two swords together and like you gotta press a and like ah you're struggling to left ganondorf pushing you back to the right it's like what's gonna happen here you can and this is again really rewarding if you went out of your way to collect all of the hidden skills and stuff like that because then you can have like a really cool time um using those skills against ganondorf 
there's even like some if you really want to to bork Ganondorf here, you could get out your bug net and he won't know what so the hell to do. Cool, yeah. Um, it's just like it's such a good altercation. I feel like, um, and it's it's simple, but like it it's it kind of almost it, you know I've always talked about um, speaking of Metroid, one of my favorite fights is like the the Ridley fight in Super Metroid, and I feel like I like that because it just feels like this big brawl. This has that same kind of energy, and I love it. I just love how it's like it feels like. I don't know if intimate is the right word, but it's like really you're such in, you're in close quarters. You're fighting this massive man. He is huge, you know, and he has such strength. And it really is a testament to how strong Link is, to how mm. skilled he is with the sword that he's able to best Ganondorf in this moment. Like obviously, these are skills that you learned while playing the game. And in real life, I do not think a scrawny boy like Link could really handle a big man like Ganondorf like that. But it's it's the hero versus the villain, and he and the hero has that kind of strength, so it's crazy. And then you're, like, doing all this damage to this scar on his chest that he got from being attempted to be sealed away, and mm. it's crazy. And then when you're able to knock him down and, like, do the crazy flip and stab him in the chest, it and it's, like, just this perfect, oh. like crazy cinematic moment it's so good so i and, i agree and with the moment of ganondorf's face too where he's like oh, yeah when, with like his face when he gets that sword stabbed into him like yeah god that's good that's insane good stuff. it's so good i agree with you my my only thing about it is like it's so hard to be because obviously the final boss fight is gonna be like the most epic yes. and i almost don't want to count it to the other bosses that we've ranked, you know, I, I I completely agree with you, and I tend to to go by that same scale too, where it's like this is almost like cheating, yeah, you know, ranking the final boss. But this this fight, I feel like, is so exceptional that I just like I I, I can't not like say that it's one yeah. of the best fights in the game, one of the best fights in the series. Again, I don't know that I could sit here and say that I like this fight more than Stalord. Like that just has like this this fun factor that just can't be mm-hmm. can't it's really hard to beat that fun factor um yeah. so and but like other than that like i i really i think this is one of the best final boss sequences in in any zelda game like ever i really mm-hmm. love it like the from start to finish like with puppet zelda and dark beast and the horseback and now and then this i think it's a perfect culmination of like your feud versus ganondorf I just yeah I would I would rank this personally at, at number two and there is a lot of times where you could convince me that like this might be number one in this game yeah I think I'm okay with putting it at number two um and if I didn't like I personally would be like don't rank it at all in our list so I'm cool with our list as is but since we are I would personally put it like at number one but I'm okay with putting it at number two see that that's my that's my compromise because I, I I see yeah. what you're saying like I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's very like, it's very tempting to put it at number one, but just because it's almost like a cheat code and it's a final boss or whatever, I think putting it at number two, that, that could be, that could be an acceptable compromise. But yeah, Yeah. this, this fight, like, it's so awesome. And, and I mean, also too, like we broke it down into different parts. Like if this is one package, which is the intention of this fight with Zelda dark, like this is easy. Number one. Yeah. Like this, uh, yeah, this is so good. By the way, I uh, I misspoke. It's actually not the bug net. It's the fishing rod that makes Ganon yeah, just go rod. like, yeah, huh? yeah. And he like kind of watches it. Yeah. What is this guy doing? He's got a fishing <laughs> rod here. Where does he think we are? <laughs> I love that too. Um, okay, let's recap our list here. 
One last time. Let's talk about these bosses of uh, Twilight Princess. So in last place, actually, hold on a sec. Stall for me for a second here. Al, how many do we have? Uh, Quite a few. I would say we have a number, okay. at least a number. We have 11. So we have 11 <laughs> okay, fights. There you go. <laughs> so in 11th place, we got Armagoma. Poor Armagoma. Terrible, Poor terrible luck for that, uh, that squished spider. Um, in number 10 spot, we have the cave troll from Lord of the Rings reincarnated Phyrus. Um, at number nine, we have uh, Morpheal, who also kind of looks like that creature from Lord of the Rings that was just outside of Mines of Moria a little bit. A lot of Lord of the Rings going on in this game. You, you kind of yeah. like to see it, actually. Um, in, uh, in number eight, we have Puppet Zelda, which, uh, again, not much of a fight, but like just a cool kind of vibe uh, for the fight itself. Over in number seven, Diababa which is a, a great first boss, a great intro boss. Uh, number six, this one was tough to rank, so probably appropriate. It ended up right in the middle, and that That's is fair. Zant, the Usurper King yeah. himself. Number five, we've got Blizzetta, uh, a great little great little fight over in Snow Peak Ruins. Number four, Dark Beast Ganon. Great fight. Um, number mm-hmm. three, we've got Argorok, the Twilight Dragon. Uh, number two, Dark Lord Ganondorf. Um and we just talked about what an exceptional encounter that is. But you just can't beat how fun number one is. And that is Stalord. Probably no surprises for a lot of people listening. But, like, wow, what a what an absolutely awesome fight that is. Uh, I was pretty sure that was going to be our number one going into this show. Ended up being our number one. I'm fine with that. I am, too. I'm actually really okay with this list. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there we go. Listen, so we were we were going to do a show next week. But I don't think I'm going to be ready for that show next week so i i almost wonder maybe we do the sequel to this next week here al and we talk about those mini bosses because i'm taking a look at this list there's some cool yeah mini bosses are really cool in this game there's they're really really cool there's like oh my god it's like again again i think some of the mini bosses are better than some of the bosses you got ook you got dan goro you got oh you got that disgusting twilight bloat that you fight in in lake ilia Ugh. yep i'm looking forward to this this is gonna be fun so let's uh, let's put that on tap to do either next if, if by some miracle I'm ready for our show next week we'll do that but I, I okay. think we might be talking more Twilight Princess next week so um, and again that's gonna be a fun that's gonna be a fun show where I have a lot of good things to say about Twilight Princess so for everyone that's just like this guy almost quit flapping his yap about how much Twilight Princess sucks this is for you my friends <laughs> this is yeah. for you all right um, any final thoughts anything you want to chat about before we get out of here Al no, I, this was a fun episode. I'm, I'm glad we, like, we're getting back to some of these episodes where we're kind of just, uh, you know, talking more of the series as a whole where we've moved on from, uh, Tears of the Kingdom a little bit and I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun just to talk some classic Zelda at this point. So, yeah. um, all right, well that my friends is going to, that's going to do it for us. We are going to get out of here. A couple things, of course, that we want to let you guys know. Um, first and foremost, we're over on Patreon. We have uh, a, a, a monthly show called the ZeldaCast Top 10s, which has been rolling along for the last couple months. It's been a lot of fun. Nice and breezy show, kind of just like this, where we just talk about some stuff. We rank some stuff. It's very interactive. If you want to check that out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash spnet and, uh, and give that a give that a listen. You know, see, see what that's all about. Um, you can check us out, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Go like and subscribe and rate and recommend, review, all of that good stuff. If you got a Zelda fan in your life, tell them. 
or they can get their weekly Zelda fix. Check us out over on social. We are at the ZeldaCast, at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha on most of these big social media platforms. So, uh, you know, come and hang out with us. Come and hang out with us at Discord, too. We've been having a lot of fun over there the last couple weeks. So we're very active there. Come and, you know, come and say hi. Um, and that, my friends, is going to do it for us. So we just want to wish everybody an awesome rest of your week. And, hey, we got some more Twilight Princess on tap for you. So until then, my friends, take care. <laughs>